Hello. Welcome back to the new NDB Way podcast. Uh, we're live here. I'm live here in the Dubai Venus uh, Expo 2020. So uh, just sit there and uh, our episode for today is episode uh, 36. So this today is uh, uh, Chris, Chris Monforte, uh, elder of... Uh, Evangelical Church Abu Dhabi will do the exposition. So just sit there and uh, relax. purpose of God as it culminates and fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ in the new covenant. Magandang hapon sa lahat o magandang gabi sa ano sa Pilipinas. Uh, ang pag-aaralan natin ngayon no uh, ay John 10 verse 1 to 21. And before we start, uh, let's pray muna. Uh, Father, we we thank you God uh, sa afternoon na to and night time sa Pilipinas. We pray Panginoon na uh, you guide us Panginoon in uh, studying your word and uh, May your name be alone glorified. In Jesus' name, Amen. So our topic uh, this afternoon is uh, Jesus confronts the Pharisees. A parable in the Johannine Gospel, which is in John 10, verse 121. So before that, I will I'll be reading uh, John 10, verse 1 to 21. Uh, say, say yes, we. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, 
He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they do not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hard hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hard hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He has a demon, and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So, you know, nabasa natin yung John 10 verse 1 to 21. And we'll start to understand this passage. So, for the keys to interpreting a particular passage, Kostenberger uh, have suggested that a hermeneutical triad is used, which involves historical literature and theological aspects of a particular passage in study. Poitras also mentioned that God has a unified uh, plan in history. A Christocentric approach will point us to the real center of the biblical storyline, none other than Jesus Christ himself. Now, uh, to understand the, the context of John 10, we need to... Uh, understand the background uh, or the previous uh, passage, which is in John 9, which is uh, pertaining to the healing of the man born blind. So that miracle of uh, John 9 is considered last of the festival cycle miracles. So this term of festival cycle is uh, what we learned actually from uh, Dr. Kostenberger in his, in his class. Uh, this is uh, this miracle. Uh, or one of the signs is a last one that uh, Jesus did before going to the to the passion narrative. Now Jesus' disciples called him Rabbi in uh, John nine uh, verse two. Who so, Kostenberger also 
interestingly wrote uh, an article pertaining to Jesus as, uh, as a rabbi. So sometimes these disciples call him call him as a rabbi or teacher. Now they were the people were asking what was the purpose why the man was blind. So it was mentioned in John 9:3. It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. So that was what uh, Jesus Christ mentioned. What why the man was blind or was born blind. Jesus healed the man during the Sabbath, which is against Pharisees' tradition. So uh, this is one of the healing events wherein Jesus challenged the, the Pharisees <laughs> by healing this man on a Sabbath day. Blind man's parents were also interrogated in John 9. Verse 18 to 19. And this man, unfortunately, he was outcasted in the synagogue. The blind man professes faith in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. While the Pharisees were the ones who we can see that are spiritually blinded in John 9:39. But it says, Jesus said, For judgment I came into the, this world, that those who do not see me see, and those who see me may become blind. So the response of the Pharisees there were, some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, we see your guilt remains. And then after that, uh, Jesus will uh, mention in John chapter 10, the word, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheep by the door, but climbs in by another way. That man is a thief and a robber. Surely this is a, uh, a slam on the face of the Pharisees. Now, to understand more, so also to, to have a background uh, on this passage, we need to understand the, the term terminology about shepherd. So, let me... What, what does it mean uh, pertaining to the shepherds in the Old Testament? Uh, so we will we'll check the shepherd theme. In the patriarchs, we we can see that the first favorite shepherd was Abel. Well, we can see that in Genesis 4 verse 2. But unfortunately, he was uh, killed by his own brother, Cain. Now, another shepherd whom God called was Abraham. Later on, will be Abraham. Well, in, uh, he will be coming from the land of Ur and God will make a covenant with him in Genesis 15. Another shepherd uh, that we know is uh, Isaac, the son of Abraham. Also Jacob, will, uh, the son of Isaac, will tell the sheep of his father-in-law, Laban. So we can see that uh, the shepherd team is uh, really... Repeating you know, in, in, in the patriarchs and even the story of the Bible. And one of uh, Jacob's uh, son, whose name is Joseph, uh, will tend the sheep to his brothers. We, we can see that in Genesis uh, 37. Now, we can also see that the shepherd 
that will help for Israel's exodus. So this is another shepherd team. And Moses will learn to be a shepherd in the land of Midian. So we all know the story of Moses. Uh, he will be going to Midian because uh, he was uh, he killed, you know, he killed an Egyptian, uh, uh, and he was uh, sent to Midian uh, away. And there he will meet his wife uh, Zipporah, mentioned in Exodus two verse eleven twenty two, and learn uh, to tend the sheep. Now, by doing so, in his life there, the Lord will call him through a burning bush in Exodus 3 and will be given instructions to lead the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt. The Lord had used a shepherd like Moses to deliver his people, establish a covenant with Israel, give the laws for his covenant people, and establish a sacrificial system and also judge them in their midst. The next uh, the shepherd team is uh, a shepherd king whose name is David from the line of Jesse. will be chosen by God to replace King Saul whom he rejected. Uh, David utilizes shepherding skills also through a sling shot that hit Goliath of God. Then God will have a covenant with David and this covenant will, will pertain to his name being great. The land for the people of Israel, rest from his enemies, and offspring were in the throne of his kingdom established forever. So we can see these themes of shepherding uh, in the Old Testament. And when we see the covenant with David, we think that uh, well, uh, everything is already fulfilled you know, in, the, in the time of David. But unfortunately, David will fail. He sinned in getting Bathsheba's wife. Now, another shepherd team in the Old Testament is uh, not, not on a positive note, but on a negative note, wherein the prophets will, uh, will declare judgment on these uh, bad shepherds. In Jeremiah, 23 verse 1 to 2, it says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people. You have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for your evil deeds, declares the Lord. Now, you can see here that the priests who should handle the law and teach the flock, the flock did not know the Lord. So, it's expected to de for them to, to know the Lord, but uh, in Jeremiah's time, they that are priests doesn't know God. Isaiah also shares the same sentiment in Isaiah 56, 11, when he say, said, The dogs have a mighty appetite, they never have enough, but they are shepherds who have no understanding. They have all turned to their way, each to his own gain, one and all. So we can see here the shepherds that that uh, thinks of his own interest only and not on the Israelites. Now, another major bulk of uh, shepherd uh, team will be seen in uh, Ezekiel uh, 34. Let's see the Ezekiel 34 verse 1 to 10. It says, The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds. 
of Israel prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? Feed the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. They became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth. Did not search for them or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, truly because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds. So we can see uh, a judgment uh, being brought against the bad shepherds of uh, Israel during Ezekiel's time. In they supposed to feed the flock, but they are the ones who take interest of, uh, of the flock. They feed their own selves. They only think about themselves. They uh, clothe with the best clothings. But they forgot to tend the flock. Then the, he's called God's covenant people. Uh, search for those who are straying. You know, to, instead of putting them back, they, they don't... Uh, uh, search them. Okay, I my screen hang. Wait. Okay. Now, however, in the succeeding the succeeding verses. It is the Lord who will uh, promise his people that he will have this uh, shepherd of him. No? He will be a shepherd to his own people. It says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep. So instead of this, this uh, bad shepherds, he will be the one searching for them. And will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered. So will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. And will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. So we can see here in the last verse, no, uh, 
instead of the bad shepherd. So it, it is the Lord who will seek the lost. It is the Lord who will bring back the strayed. It is the Lord who will bind up the injured. It is the Lord who will strengthen the weak. So we can see that uh, the Lord has promised to be a shepherd for his people. And we'll see here later how it is uh, fulfilled uh, in Jesus Christ. Now, you can also see in, in the Psalms, the shepherd uh, theme. In Psalm 23, when it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. For his name's sake, even though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I underline here regarding rod and staff. So, there's one scholar. His name is Aroni. He suggested that this uh, rod and staff are metaphoric expressions of God's attributes. Wherein rod symbolizes for divine justice which leads to paths of righteousness and the staff of the or the shepherd's staff is divine mercy which leads to goodness and kindness now we go now to the passage itself of uh, on the study exegesis of uh, John 10 so literary context as we have mentioned no uh, we will we will try the approach of Cosenberger uh, we'll try hermeneutical approach, uh, we, we, we want to understand the literary context of this. Uh, so it, it's strange that uh, ESV translates uh, John 10, 6, uh, that, that this is uh, a figure of speech. The Greek work is paroimian. Uh, it only occurs uh, five times in New Testament, while the King James Version translates it as a parable. Now we go and look for others, other commentaries like Chrysostom and even Calvin. He agrees that this is a this is a parable, the address of uh, of uh, Jesus to the Pharisees was a parable. So I will I will prove why why it was a parable. So as we have mentioned, no, the previous passage in John nine. Uh, Jesus healed the healed the blind man on the Sabbath day, and this blind man was uh, he was outcasted in the synagogue because of uh, of uh, what happened you know, as, as Jesus healed him, and Jesus uh, made a strong rebuke to the Pharisees; they were blind. Then you can see from the flow, flow of passage that he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. So he starts with, with this, uh, with this uh, statement, a strong statement. Now, I mentioned it uh, as a parable. So we, we see that in Matthew 3, verse 10, 13, we can see the purpose of parable. 
parable was utilized uh, were utilized by Jesus Christ to conceal what conceal the secret of the kingdom you can see here you know, in Matthew 3 verse 10 13 the disciples came and said to him why do you speak to them in parables in answer to them to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven but to them it has not been given so you can see here that to the disciples it the secrets of the kingdom was has been given but uh, to others is not given to them so that's a, that's a purpose or the objective of parables that's why i mentioned the that the this uh, statements of Jesus Christ is uh, is not only an argument against the Pharisees, but it's a, it's a parable for uh, for these Pharisees to. I mean, Jesus wants to conceal to conceal the the secret of the the kingdom against this uh, this uh, this Pharisees. Now another thing, uh, interestingly, the the word for shepherd, which is poimen. It's used here, uh, which is used in 18 times in the New Testament. And for sheep is, the Greek word is probaton. Now, let's, let's understand that uh, this, this passage is uh, full of, uh, full of uh, striking contrast. So Jesus was comparing uh, a shepherd who enters the door gate to a team who climbs over the door or the gate. Now, in one of uh, John Chrysostom's uh, commentary, he mentioned that uh, he calls the scriptures a door, but they bring us to God and open to us the knowledge of God. They make the sheep, they guard them, and suffer not the wolves to come after them. For scripture, like some sure door, bars the passage against the heretics, placing us in a state of safety. That's all that we desire, and not allowing us to wander. And if we undo it, that we shall not easily be conquered by our foes. Now, we do understand that the Pharisees know the law, but we're antagonizing Christ. They that interrogated the healed blind man were, were so blinded and were agitated in their anger, thinking that Jesus was blaspheming instead of them. Now, we can, we can see here that also the Pharisees know, know the law, but what's, what's the problem? Why they didn't understand the what uh, Jesus was uh, was telling. The Pharisees are uh, here, the robbers and thieves who climbs on the gate instead of entering from it. The Pharisees understand that they can enter heaven through their self-righteousness and strict observance even to oral traditions which were nowhere identified in Scripture. So we can see here that these Pharisees were, were teaching about the uh, more on self-righteousness, more on, more on works uh, salvation. Contrast to Jesus' teaching that He alone, He alone is the gate uh, to eternal life. He alone is uh, the way to salvation. The problem with the Pharisees were the continuous unbelief on Jesus Christ. So unless a man surrenders his self-righteousness and acknowledges his depravity, repent of his sins and believe in Jesus Christ, then life would be meaningless. Another striking contrast is uh, the sheep hears the, the shepherd's voice. But with the thieves and robbers, the sheep's uh, scattered. They don't, uh, definitely they don't uh, know this, uh, 
thief or the robber's voice. So Jesus came to call the true Israel of God. The Kostenberger have noted that the Sabbath commandment has exceptional cases. And Jesus utilized this to challenge the Pharisees. So here, Jesus was showing to the to, to Israel and was was trying to to call people unto him to call the real Israelites to call his sheep uh, to believe in his name and rest in his finished work or rest in him and not rest on on the mosaic law or the oral traditions the shepherd's call is efficient for his sheep, but not to those that are not of his own. The shepherd needs to sheep out. So the good shepherd calls Israel's elect, as I mentioned earlier, and leads out to true saving faith. The thief, when the thief scares away the sheep, they don't listen to them. The thief will just, uh, his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy The shepherd calls his sheep by, by its name. While the thief aim is to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus knows his sheep by name. Now, in Ephesians 1, 3, 5, it says, Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us, for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. So here in this passage, the verb is ekelikato or jos or chos and propisas, which is predestined. These are the two verbs that we can see in this passage, which are both in eros tense. So in Greek, when, when it says, when it's... Uh, it's an eros, when a verb is an eros tense, the action takes place in the in the past at an indefinite uh, period of time. So that's uh, one of the characteristics of a Greek uh, uh, language, wherein we are able to distinguish uh, verbs. Now, God knows his sheep. And when, when did he know his sheep? It's before the foundation of the word. So it's God who does the choosing and not us. And that is grace for we are undeserving of his favor. Next contrast. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So the good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep compared to a hireling that leaves the sheep once he sees the wolf coming. So this hireling, he, he doesn't have care for the sheep. Once he sees the threat, which is the world, he leaves them. But the shepherd sacrifices his life. So Jesus is the shepherd that seeks after his trade sheep. In, in the context of John 9, it is the blind man whom he seeks and would risk his life at the hands of Pharisees. But it was not yet his time, for Jesus was sovereign and in control of the events. The central theme of the Bible is his love. It's his sacrificial love that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who died sacrificially, willingly, absorbing the wrath of the Father for the sake of his sheep. 
This is the gospel summary in John 10, 11. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Now, we see now the, the response of the crowd after, after Jesus mentioning this, this parable and telling, telling to them. So there were two responses. The first was questioning the sanity of Jesus and the second response was uh, they're, they're undecided or perplexed. So in this instance, the call was efficient but unto judgment. So the synoptic gospels also capture some of the responses of the crowd and will not see a multitude believing to Jesus' call. So what I'm mentioning here is uh, similar to the synoptic gospels uh, when, when Jesus proclaims about the message of the, proclaims the gospel or proclaims about the message of the kingdom, not all will respond. There, there's, uh, there's no multitude that respond to his, uh, to his call. Only a few will always respond. So this Israelites, they haven't learned from the ancestors who did not respond to the call of the prophets to repent and return to the way but chosen to go in continuous idolatry. Why was the reason behind it? It's, it's Satan who blinded the Pharisees, preventing them to see the light of the gospel. And like the thief, that is his objective to seek, kill and destroy for unbelievers to remain unrepentant of their sin. Now, as uh, as we have understand, no, the interpreted the the passage of John ten, we want to understand how will it be applicable to us. No, what's the application of this? So I have selected only like two groups of application. So this uh, a part of this uh, exegesis is uh, was a paper that I have written for. Uh, in our class for the Dr. Kostenberger's uh, class on exposition of John. The second part, when in the application pertaining to believers, uh, is not included in this paper. But the first part is uh, application or pastoral application, which uh, is the subject of uh, uh, what I've written. Now, to share this pastoral applications, because in every every passage, so now we we understand where, where is the gospel in this passage. That that's where we see the the shepherd uh, gives uh, his life sacrificially to his sheep, lays down his life for his sheep. Now we we can go to the application, pastoral application. So the pastor should enter through their gate like Jesus did. So the pastor's message is to proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Jesus, Savior Jesus Christ. He should work hard in the study of Scripture, for it's his door to show the people who Jesus is in the Scripture. He should do faithful expository preaching or Christ-centered preaching. It can be seen in the Reformation how Luther did this as an instrument of God in guiding the doctrine of the church and bringing the Scripture back in centrality. Second, the pastor should lead the sheep like Jesus leads. The pastor should emulate Jesus' servant leadership model, as it was shown in the foot washing of the disciples. Sadly, some prosperity gospel teachers today live in abundance with fancy houses, cars, and jets extracted from the flock. 
the apostle reminds us how elders, pastor, should shepherd the flock who should not be under compulsion, not dominating, but being examples of the flock. You can see that in 1 Peter 5 verse 1 to 5. Third, the pastor should know his flock by his name. He should smell like his flock. He should encourage his flock whenever they are discouraged. And the pastor can ask his members for their prayer request and pray for them regularly to know their spiritual walk. Fourth, the pastor should have sacrificial love for his flock like Jesus did. So pastors will account to God how he shepherd the flock. In our age, love is twisted in several ways. People tend to think that it's not loving to correct a flock who is in habitual sin. But true love, but true love, refutes and restores the straying sheep. Prayer nights to plead for a straying sheep on bended knees could be done by pastors for its vital concern over the flock of Jesus. The pastor also is a sheep. He's also a sheep under the rule of the great shepherd Jesus Christ and also need to be uh, shepherded by Christ through his word. The pastor should know his flock. When saying, no? He should smell like his flock. He should encourage his flock whenever they are discouraged, and pastor can ask his members for the prayer request. Okay. And six, the pastor is to guard against the wolves and protect his flock. The pastor guards his flock from ravenous wolves, from false doctrines that may creep inside the flock. Pastors uses uh, the scripture in defending his flock against false teachings such as prosperity gospel, liberal theology, and any doctrine that attacks the gospel. He needs to guard as well his family by developing his wife and children to sound doctrine. So these are pastoral applications. So it should be five. I, I have mistakenly repeated uh, one of the applications. So first uh, application, or for the other application, Though methods in evangelism are helpful, we must remember that salvation is the work of the triune God. We should be reminded that the sheep will hear God's voice, and that's through the proclamation of the gospel. So Mark Dever, uh, he has a book you know, uh, called uh, Gospel and Personal Evangelism, which is a good book. He helped us articulate uh, what evangelism is not. It's not an imposition. It's not imposing your, your belief, though. You can see that you're pointing him and bringing, showing him the, the truth of the scripture. Second is, uh, it's not uh, evangelism is not personal testimony. Though personal testimony is good at times, but it is not evangelism. Evangelism is the proclamation of the, the gospel. Also, evangelism is not social action and public involvement. The last day, Sometimes uh, apologetic, apologetics is misconstrued, misconstrued as evangelism. Apologetics is, is a means of defending our faith, but it's not evangelism. Right. Second, the regular reading of scripture is encouraged to familiarize himself to God's instruction, grow in knowledge, and mature in Christian walk. So we, as believers, we need to uh, regularly read the scriptures to encourage us and familiarize us for us to grow in in the knowledge of, of Christ and mature in in our walk of life and not only that we also read, you know, read other books that will help us uh, written by this uh, this uh, theologians 
that will help us in our Christian walk. Third, being an active member for the local church helps us to love our brethren and show the sacrificial love for each other. So it's only in in the context of a, a local church that we can we can show better the love for our brethren and the sacrificial love and emulate uh, what Christ has done. Fourth, the believer should guard himself as well and be aware of false teachings propagated in social media and other places. A believer is able to discern false teachings that attack the gospel and primary doctrines of Christianity. So we we need each and every one to, to guard ourselves no, from and be aware of these false teachings, which is uh, currently propagated no, in, in different uh, avenues like social medias. So... That's it. Uh, Brother RD. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's the short, uh, my short presentation. No, let's see, brother ID, we just check. We're waiting for a uh, brother ID. Yes, brother. Yeah. Oh, natapos ko na yung mixing lang naman. Nadating pa yata si pasensya na sa mga viewers. Nandito kami sa ko 2020. Dami ang ingay. So, kaya ina, itin-turn up ko yung mic. So, kaya nag-out muna ako. So, hindi ko, hindi ko pa, hindi ko masyadong na napanood, narinig yung exposition ni Chris. Pero, I, I think, uh, wala ko objection. <laughs> wala ko violent objection. So, uh, kung meron kayong question, I-relay nyo lang, i-comment nyo lang sa comment section and Chris will uh, answer. So, pasensya na. Nasa, ayoko lang mag-cancel yung podcast since uh, last week eh. Uh, cancel na. That's why kahit nandito eh, malakas naman ang wifi dito. So, tumabi na ako dito. So, so yun. So, ang bilis ah. 40 minutes lang bro. Oh, 40 minutes lang. Oh, bilis. Pero nakita ko kanina from the start saka sa middle, tinitingnan tingnan ko. Ganda, maganda. Yan ba yung ano, yan ba yung ano mo? Yung thesis mo kay Dr. Kostenberger? Oh, oh yan yun. Dinagdag ko lang yung part ng sa believer. Taas ang grade niyan, sigurado. No. <laughs> hmm. 
So, papasok ba si Quits? Papasok ba? Mag-join ba si Quits? I-call natin. Ha? I-try kong i-call. So, siguro, ano, uh, malapit na mag-lobat ang uh, cellphone ko dito. So, uh, hindi. Kasi, kailangan lumabas ako kung, kung papasok siya. Kung ako mag kasi kailangan i-end ko to. Kung uh, meron mga questions, uh, just, uh, I'll just extend. Extend lang muna natin. Uh, exit muna ako. So, kung may mga questions kayo, mga viewers, uh, pasensya na, nasa labas ako. Nasa cellphone lang ako nag-manage uh, ng, ng uh, podcast, ng uh, live stream, stream yard. So, thank you kahit na ganito yung situation now. Ay, nanonood pa rin yung mga viewers pa rin kahit po kami. So, papanoorin ko yung uh, exposition ni Chris after this after namin dito sa Expo 2020. Daming taong ingay. Parang walang ano, parang walang pandemic na. Parang normal na. Hindi <laughs> tao eh. Kailangan ng social distance. Ay, sana. First so, time, first ah? time experience na dala sa Expo tapos sa simultaneous oh, parang, na. Oo, parang mga tao. <laughs> Ang dami, grabe. O, pakita ko sa inyo. Oh, yun, yun. Papasok pa lang kami actually eh. Ano? Ano? So, wala bang mga questions? Mga... Ah, ito na pala si Chris. Si Quits. Yan, Quits. Hello. Hello. Yan, si Quits. So, out muna ako. Sige, mag, uh, mag-interact si Quits. So... Ano muna kami dito? Mamaya siguro after... Ano na ba ngayon? Siguro mga 1 hour, 15 minutes, ano? Ha? Out muna ako, ha? Out. Kami muna mag-usap dyan. Yung, dalaw- yung tatlong babae dito nakasama ko. So, out muna ako, ha? Hindi pa naman napanood yung ano, first part. Oh, out muna ako. <laughs> Nabili si Kuya Chris. Mabisa ka na, 40 minutes na eh. Sige po. Hmm. Eh po, kumusta? Okay naman. Hmm. Dito na ako kung may comment sa comment section wala. Wala o oh, mga question wala pa eh. Sino hmm. maris ko lang siya yung actually yan yung yung paper din na sinulat ko ano, di sinabit namin kay Costed Burger. Sa Jan po, Gaspel of Jan. Jan Uh, highly recommended na Yohanin Scholar si Dr. Kostenberger uh, marami kami talagang natutunan dun sa sa class niya siya mm. sa ano sa ginagamit ko pong commentary sa Gospel of John Hindi po eh, kakatapos lang namin sa ano halos, actually nag, nasa prayer meeting po ako kanina eh. 
Mm-mm. Kaya hindi po ako nakaabot doon sa first part. Mm-hmm. Nawala sa isip ko po na ano eh, na kayo nga pala yung mag ano, magpe-present eh kapag kayo po mabilis lang. <laughs> mabilis po kayo mag mag-present. Oh, uh, kasi usually sila sila Kuya RD ano eh, mahaba eh. Mm-hmm. So, nakakaabot ako <laughs> sa sa dulo eh. So yung sa ano mm-hmm. po 'yan eh, no? Tama ba? So, sa Janten. Saan ko lang po ah. Sige lang, oo. Tayang di po ako nakaabot. Ano po yun? Yung ano, yung tinitake nyo ngayong class kay... Uh, Diba mo, meron po kayong gamit na book kay Andy Naselli? Mm, ano New Testament. Uh, uh, Oo, oh, New Testament exegesis ano namin yun. Same ano yan? Sa same school po yan? Oh, same school. Gulf uh, Theological mm. Seminary. Yan lang pag-usaman natin. Yan lang pag-usaman natin. Oh, dalawa yung tinake ko eh. Isa, nauna na, natapos na yung kay, ano, kay Kostenberger, exposition of mm. Tapos ito, yung requirement sa anamin, sa subject. Hindi siya pwedeng lampasan mm. yung New Testament exegesis. Mm. So, yun sa New Testament exegesis, though meron akong parang... Meron, meron akong ano eh, meron akong elementary Greek na natapos ko na siya. Pero akala ko dahil alam mo nang magbasa pagdating sa analysis gano na siya hindi pala no na, na ano ko na surprise ako. Mm. Doon sa mga mga flaws nung nung arguments yung yeah oh. yung pagka-classify ng uh, infinitive ng dative ng participles na yeah oh maganda po yun. Magandang ano yun, isa sa pinaka-exciting na ano yun, exciting na pag-aralan pagdating sa ano, uh, advanced, advanced ano, Greek, yung mga uh, to dito. Function ng participles, mga infinitive, yung mga gano'n. Tsaka yung ano, yung, uh, especially ano yan, maganda po yan sa ano, sa phrasing, tsaka ano, arcing. Kasi di ba po may mga verses na walang ano, walang conjunctions. Oh, mahirap malaman yung mahirap malaman yung ano niya, flow of thought niya, yung logical relationship niya. No? Mm. Pero pagka tinignan mo siya sa Greek, yun meron pala siyang ano, relevance yung mga mm. first year Greek. Ayun. Jante Janten ano po ito? Janten Janten verse, verse... Uh, 1 to 21. <laughs> Siya na po. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. About sa Good Shepherd. Yeah. Sabi ni Sabi ni Hardy, una palitan ko daw yung ano, yung yung title kasi Ngayon yung common thinking, Good Shepherd. 
Pero naalala ko yung sa class namin ni Kostenberger. Iba kasi usually nakalagay doon Good Shepherd. Pero pag tinignan mo yung, yung mm-hmm. flow ng, ng, ng argument, yung build-up niya from chap, some 9 papasok ng 10, makita mo yung mm-hmm. contrast ni Christ yung, yung sarili niya sa mga Pharisees. Mm-hmm. So makita mm-hmm. natin Makita natin na ini-expose ni ini-expose ni Christ uh, yung mga Pharisees na sila na dapat nag uh, nag uh, nag nagtatend ng flock ng mga Israelites. Mm-hmm. Sila yung hindi gumagawa noon. Ini-echo nila yung yung nangyari sa ano, yung sinabi ni Ezekiel sa Ezekiel 34. Mm-hmm. So yung Jantin ay allusion sa ano, sa Ezekiel 34. Ano yung lera na yan? Yun yung makikita natin. Yeah, opo. Okay. Usually kasi, di ba, although meron siya theology na tinuturo, no? Baga may, halimbawa, uh, uh, theology about sa atonement, theology about sa election, hmm. di ba? Pero may, in, in context, no, uh, ano lang siya, parang sideline lang yun eh. Kumbaga mm, ang, ang main idea niya is nire-rebuke niya yung ano eh, nire-rebuke niya yung mm. ano eh. Uh, mga Pharisees eh and yun nga kino-contrast niya yung sarili niya sa kanila eh. Oo, oo sila lang yung nag- So pansin mo no, yung kung hindi mo alam yung kung hindi mo nabasa yung Ezekiel 34 ano mo na, kumbaga, yun yung pinaka-statement na ni Christ. Pero pag binasa mo yung Ezekiel 34, makita mo na yung ginawang statement ni Christ ay allusion niya sa Ezekiel 34. And sinasabi niya na siya yun, yung fulfillment nung, nung sunod na mga verses dun sa Ezekiel 34 na, na siya, siya uh, ang just mismo yung magiging shepherd sa, ano, sa kanyang pak. Mm. Galing. Siyempre, hmm. greatest theologian, walang iba. Walang iba, Jesus Christ. Tama <laughs> po. Tama. Hmm. Na, interesting kasi, di ba, Pharisee sila, alam nila yung, alam nila yung Torah, alam nila yung, yung scripture, pero na-miss nila. Na-miss nila yung point. Mm-hmm. So which is uh, usually common na nangyayari no? na maraming, maraming may alam ng Bible. Alam nila yung sinasabi ng Bible pero namimiss nila kung sino yung talagang yung point. Yung point Ezekiel yung point. po, no? Ezekiel 34? Mm, Ezekiel 34. Mm, 2 to 10. Hindi siya ano eh no hindi siya direct quotation it's it's an allusion. Kumbaga ito yung isa sa ano eh sa kagandahan ng ano eh ng uh, New Testament kapag ka nag nagco-quote siya ginagamit niya Old Testament sometimes direct ano siya direct quotation pero sometimes it is uh, yun nga allusion siya. 
kumbaga uh, Jesus uh, is presupposing na alam ng mga Hudyo yung tinutukoy niya no when when he referred to himself as as the shepherd uh, as a good shepherd kumbaga immediately their minds will be taken to uh, an old testament passage Kasi di ba usually kapag si Christ ay nagko-quote o kaya yung ibang New Testament authors they will use, usually say eh, as it is written di ba or uh, the Lord said uh, so or the prophet says no pero dito directly inapply niya directly kinapply uh, niya sa sarili niya Meron pa rin akong Ano ba may interesting din ako observation doon sa ano sa passage na yung kung ano ba kung kung ESV lang yung gamit mo ah uh, mo nga na figure of speech siya. So siguro ganun ganun yung ginawa ng mga translators ng ESV na kinonsider niya na figures of uh, figure of speech siya yung pagtingin naman mo yung pagtingin mo yung Greek word na ginamit. O sa either parable siya, either figure of speech siya, either uh, iba yung 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 pinaka-meaning niya. So tingin ako sa ano, tingin ako sa ibang labas ako ng <laughs> commentary, yung unang commentary paano na binyo yung yung passage na yun, yung John 10:6. So isa si Chrysostom sa si Calvin, binyo nila ito na na parable. So mm. pag tiningnan mo siya, pag inanalyze mo siya, Uh, makita mo na kasi sa, sa John uh, compared sa Synoptic Gospels sa, sa Synoptic Gospels ano uh, clear nasasabihin siya na ito ay parable sa yeah, John yeah. Mm-hmm. wala wala siyang ganun hindi siya ganun wala, yeah. wala siyang ganun so ito yung isang instance na kung saan ano ma, may papabilang mo siya sa ano sa sa parable. So para sa akin yung 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 interpretation dito nung nung language ng yung Greek language na yon, sabi ko sa sa Oh nga no, ito sa verse 6 uh, hmm. nakalagay this figures figure of speech sa ESV. Hmm. Pero yung word na yon, yung figure ano lang hmm. siya, this speech lang siya. This speech Jesus used with them. Oh, or Jesus told told them. Jesus told them. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Hello mga bro. Oh nga no na ano nga siya no. Sa ESB ano siya parang ang interpretation nila figures of speech siya. Hmm. Hmm. Maring ganun yung pagkano nila no kaya nila tinranslate na ganun na figure of speech. Compare mo hmm. sa ibang translations. Parable yung ginamit ng nila ginamit nilang word. Mm. So, naalala ko, naalala ko dun sa isang subject namin na if pagka merong isang word na parang hindi mo makuha yung yung ubaga gusto mo magkaroon ka ng word study, di ba? So, tingnan mo saan ginamit yung yung words na yon sa mga particular verses tapos sa kalalabas na anong paano nila ininterpret nung yung dati ng commentary. So, tapos saka mag-arrive ka ng conclusion. So, dito yung conclusion ko, uh, parable siya. 
Mm-hmm. Kasi sa context na ano eh, kinukonsil ni Christ yung gusto niyang pakulogan na sila yung, yung mga Pharisees, sila yung robbers. Mm-hmm. Sila yung mga robbers, sila yung, sila yung hiling, sila yung ano, nagtetend ng nagpapaskater ng ng sheep. Mm. Uh, makita din natin sa last uh, response nung ano nung crowd. O dito sa ano 21. This these are not the words of one who is obsessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Sabi nung ano isang response. So mm-hmm. sabi nung naman iba, insane si Jesus Christ, ano? So dun sa sa isang response. Pero kasi kung kung dito pa lang na na-trigger na yung mga Pharisees, makikita natin implicitly implied sa text na may violent reaction na sila either we will they will throw stones sa kanya. Mm-hmm. Pero hindi, hindi sila hindi sila nag-react. <laughs> hindi nila nag-gets. <laughs> hindi nila nag-gets, oo, hindi nila nag-gets. Mm. Mm. So yun, kaya ako na nakukusap ko oh, parable parable yung ano, yung mas prepared na translation. Rose, basta basta na kayo dyan. Ayun, uh, dinidiscuss lang namin yung mga ilang ano <laughs> ilang tag dito, interpretation na, ano dahil, niya. Uh, malulobat na ako. Kasi ako lang yung admin na naka-ano dyan, ako yung makaka-end dito. So, nakover nyo na ba yung discussion? Sorry ah. <laughs> Naglalakad well, natapos na si ano eh. Natapos na si Kuya Chris kanina. Ang ikli nga niya eh. Nang uh, sumisilip ako, akala ko matagal-tagal pa. Tapos tapos na pala. Concise. <laughs> Concise edition. <laughs> usually, usually kami ni Kuya Ray. <laughs> Alam mo na. <laughs> Kuya Ray, tsaka ako ma, medyo uh, one hour tapos plus discussion. So, pero nakita ko naman, maganda, maganda yung ano niya eh. Maganda yung mga points. Eh, Kostenberger ba naman? Daming insights. So, kung wala na mga question, we need to end this ah. Kasi malulobat na ako. Sige lang po. Uh, next time siguro kailangan ni eh, makapag uh, makapag-in yung uh, sa atin para kung ano may extend si maluloban ako baka hindi to mag-end maano yung oras natin sa streamyard ah oo oh, oh, oh. mag magstation uh, at maglalive eh. baka umabot ng 8 hours <laughs> <laughs> nasaan po kayo uh, nasa Expo 2020 ako sa Dubai mm. ayan no Naglalakad kami. Yan. Sa loob ng... Uh, ang habang lakaran, Chris. Nandiyan mga... Ano na kayo? Papua New Guinea, Greece, Italy, dami o. Oh. UAE. Expo 2020. Mm. Yan. So, naka, nakita ng viewers natin yung uh, Expo 2020. Nalakad kami sa mga pavilion. Nahanap namin yung Philippines eh, yung bangkota. Hindi malayo-layo yata yun eh. Mm. Yung bangkota. Nadaanan namin yung Singapore sa unahan. 
So, yung mga viewers sa Pilipinas, nakita yung uh, Dubai. Uh, Chris, si Chris, pupunta pa lang dito. Hanggang March pa kasi ito eh. Six months ito hanggang March. So, kung meron kayong pamasahe from Pilipinas, pasyal kayo dito. <laughs> Cebu Pacific muna lang. Muna lang, Cebu Pacific. Actually, ewan ko kung gana silang... Uh, kasi alos ano na naman dito eh. Alos... Uh, 80, alis uh, 90% vaccinated na dito. Mm. Ang cases, below 100 na. Oh? Below 100. So, ayun, kung tingnan mo yung mga tao, bigit-bigit na. Oh. Ayun, ang oh, dami. Oh. Wala na dito tulad dati. Mm. O siya, napasyal ko kayo dito sa Dubai Expo 2020. Maraming salamat, Chris. for that uh, exposition. Papanoorin ko rin. Hindi ako nakaabot. Hindi <laughs> ako masyadong naka-interact sa'yo. But I believe maganda yung mga napapanood ko ng konti kanina. So, thank you, Chris, for that exposition. And thank you, Quits, uh, Sabio, for regularly interacting. So, bye uh, all our viewers. Thank you very bye much bye for po. tuning in. God bless and see you again next week for another episode of uh, the new and living way podcast god bless thank you